Welcome to the Black Belt in Thinking podcast. I'm joined here as usual by Mieta. Hello. And I'm Peter. And today we're going to be talking about cognitive dissonance. Welcome to the Black Belt in Thinking podcast. I'm Peter Cronin, lead presenter of the Black Belt in Thinking. This is a podcast where we look at all things to do with thinking faster and acting more purposefully. I interview experts in their field to try and provide you with the insights to the way they think and the tools and processes they use on a day-to-day basis. If you find value in this podcast, love for you to share it with others. So I might let you just define this one again, Meta, because it actually took, my while, took me a while to get my head around this one. <laughs> I think, I think it's because it's used incorrectly so often. Um, I think it's because it's defined incorrectly on the internet so often. And yeah. people just use that term without really knowing what it means. People use it as an insult, I find interesting. Uh, and I think that when they use oh. it like that, they use it incorrectly. Like right. uh, particularly whatever side of the political spectrum you're on, they'll use it as an insult to the other side to basically say, oh, they don't, they don't want to think about things. They just want to accept their fantasy version of the truth. Um, you know, it's all just cognitive dissonance with them. Right. Okay. Mm. Yeah. No. That's that's not. I get. I get that. Yeah. That would throw me off as well. Yeah, I think that's why it took me a while because that's how I keep hearing it, and then it's a bit different to that. It's sort of on that scene. Anyway, I'll let you. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's along those lines. So what it is is, um, the state that we ex- the mental state that we experience, or the mental even discomfort, I would say that we experience when we perceive two opposing beliefs as both being true at the same time. So this is probably where an example would be handy. Um, But it will, the most basic example I can can think of from the top of my head is when you're in a, say you start in your relationship and you believe something about a person, you believe that they're a great partner, and then you find out something else about them, which is true, but it's very contradictory to, to your belief that this is a perfect partner for you. Right. And you have to give something up, either the belief that they're the perfect partner or this new truth that, and they're both, they're both um, potentially true. Yeah. But one of them has to be, they can't both exist in your head at the same time. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. And sorry, now that I say they're both true, I think... It's more about a belief than a... It's more about a belief, correct. So, yeah. yeah. And I think both you and I... It's your understanding. One of the things I remember saying, yeah, they mentioned uh, that, I don't know if they said the exact term, but something like mental discomfort at, yeah, two things you inherently believe is true that when they don't conflict it's been fine and it might have been that way for much of your life and so you believe quite you can believe quite strongly in both of them and then they come into conflict and generally i think they say that the mental discomfort your brain wants to resolve it and the way it will do that is it'll usually sort of pick one and then use other other biases to sort of justify that that one's the case and just ignore the right like sort of ignore the other one um I, I think a good example of this is uh meat so a lot of people who eat meat um 
believes that they have a fairly ethical stance towards animals or believes that they, uh, you know, are fairly proactive and, and, um, you know, trying to care for the environment, things like this, um, uh, pollution, all those sort of things. And yet, you know, meat is like factually shown <laughs> to be a, a major contributor to, to many of these things. Another one is um, flying, actually. Um, you know, people traveling a lot and all that sort of thing. Um, and they genuinely believe, oh, yeah, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm environmentally friendly. I try and do this. I try and do that. Um, and when posed with these travel things or like with, with meat, for example, many people will even freely admit that, oh, they just try not to think about where it comes from. Right. <laughs> I know it ain't so, good, so I live in denial. Yeah. Um, and actually, that's not cognitive dissonance. That's a coping mechanism for cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Um, yeah, cognitive dissonance is the actual discomfort with the, with the conflict between the two realities that you experience, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I think maybe it's fair probably to say that there might be people out there who don't really find it all that uncomfortable i don't know <laughs> um maybe it's a, a spectrum of how comfortable or uncomfortable you are with two very opposing views being held by you at the same time <laughs> certainly yeah. i couldn't cope with that I, I think it depends how attached you are to those views as well like if you have a general opinion on i don't know a leader of a foreign country you don't have a lot of involvement with and then something came out about them or something, I don't know, you'd be like, oh, that's interesting. You might even ponder it a bit and find it quite interesting as opposed to uncomfortable because, yeah, you know, it, it's not a strong view. Whereas if it's, say, something you've held from, for example, from birth, it's probably a bit strong, but from a from childhood or, you, yeah. know, you, you know, 20 years or something, then, yeah. That you don't really want to question because it's the basis of you. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think um, we're both yeah. actually from the background of of sort of, not from the background of theory of constraints, but certainly for both you and I, theory of constraints has been quite a big um, influencer in our professional careers. Um, and sure. yep. the what, the founder, would you say? Um, uh, yeah, I guess the... Maybe the right of Ellie Goldratt, the inventor? Yeah, the well, I don't know. inventor? No, I didn't, uh, yeah. The, the founding father <laughs> yeah, yeah. of constraints, yeah. Dr. Ellie Goldratt. I think his statement was that there's no contradictions in nature. Um, and I think it holds true here. So the only contradictions we have are in the ideas and how we perceive things. So it's our right. Fact, perception. Facts are not really in conflict, but no. we can perceive them to be because we're, we're actually just, like all of these cognitive devices, we're, we're, we see the whole world through a lens or a, a filter that's made up of how our brain connected things over our entire life right yeah so, exactly yeah it's like how you can have two sets one set of statistics tell two different stories if you wanted to well, that's exactly. not actually the facts being in conflict that's just people choosing to <laughs> that's just people framing information in in a way that is more palatable to them yeah exactly yeah and i think i think sometimes this comes up um i just an example uh, sort of yesterday was um, uh, sort of former gym years ago I went to um, and I sort of knew 
the the owners there. It was one of these sort of, I suppose, generic gyms, you know. Um, and some of their equipment was a bit worn, including like uh, we were just talking about the, do you, you know the big rubber bands you use for resistance training? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, like little nicks in those. I was just talking to well, Ben, um, one of our colleagues at Viago. Uh, and he had one of those bands and it snapped while he was using it and hit him in the head, but didn't quite, it just missed his eye. And it was a bit of a hoof. Um, and I made the comment, oh, well, that's weird. Because if they, even if they get Nixon, they're still totally fine, aren't they? And he's like, oh, no. At, at our gym, if you mention it to someone, they take them away and they go buy new ones. I was like, oh, it's interesting. Here's a guy at this other gym um, where I mentioned it to one of the trainers because I was a bit nervous about it. <laughs> Because I was doing this thing where I had a quite quite a heavy one and I was standing on it and it went ping. Anyway, um, <laughs> you can imagine. Sorry, I think um, in visual. So I'm, this is all happening right now in front yeah, of me. Yeah, and the and the person said, "Oh no, no, those little nicks are just normal wear and tear for these things. They're big, thick bands. They they can handle that sort of thing." Oh, okay, um, but I've spoken to this. You know, obviously, costs and everything is a factor for these for gyms and making money. Uh, but I've spoken to a bunch of times and I quite like that gym because uh, they genuinely seemed interested in people being safe and doing, you know, uh, getting fit and doing well and things. But it's interesting because he probably didn't think about it at the time. But if you were to put the two things together, him caring about the the health and safety of people and trying to save, I don't know what bands cost, 30 bucks on a band. Yeah. Yeah. And it might be the thing that he immediately goes, oh, and snaps out of it and goes, oh, yeah, no, of course. Um, yeah, good point. But it might not be. So I just thought that was a... Well, this is interesting because I think the fact is that most people do hold conflicting or not, it's not, the conflict's probably not the right word, contradictory beliefs. Yeah. But because they're not, they don't come up in your head at the same time. Yeah you you don't there the, you don't experience any cognitive dissonance you don't just it's fine it's not until it's forced upon you or somebody calls you out and says hey but you said this yesterday you go shit i did too i do actually <laughs> yeah i do actually believe that <laughs> it just goes to prove that ignorance is bliss yeah that's right that's right um all right so i this is one of these things ever since we started reading this um I'm starting to see these all over the place now that I sort of understand them. And I assume the listen, you listeners out there will as well. Um, you can have a bit of read of it yourself as well, if you like. Um, it looks really complex, but it is, it is this thing that you're holding two beliefs conflict. Uh, I think the most important thing is what to do about it. So some of these other cognitive biases just fly under the radar. But the thing I mentioned earlier, this one, we have a kind of default defense mechanism which is to, to choose one and falsely justify it um, to, to relieve the, dis, the mental discomfort. And there's uh, one of the examples I saw had Aesop's fables with the, won't get into it, but the fox that can't get, it's trying to get the grapes, they can't get the grapes. And eventually he decides, oh, I don't want those grapes anyway, I bet they're sour. Look at them. They look like sour grapes to me. I don't want those. <laughs> uh, which I think is where the term sour grapes comes from. Somebody packing a sad about not getting something. Um, oh. I think so. Um, and this is maybe not as obvious as that, but tends to be what, what apparently our brain defaults to. So the key thing here is catching yourself in it and catching yourself before you do, do that and doing something proactive about it, right? 
Yeah, so I guess at the end of the day, the way I see cognitive dissonance is that it's, it's not a bias in itself, but we use biases to relieve it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the question then becomes, how do you stop yourself from falling into a bias trap? Can you relieve this discomfort before? Yes. Yeah. In a more useful manner, unbiased manner. Yeah. I actually, exactly. I actually just remembered, and I don't want my kids to relieve themselves of of believing this now. But you know, as kids go, they don't like vegetables. And years, this oh, yeah. years ago, they were relatively small still. I made some vegetarian moussaka. Oh yeah. Um, and they loved it. They gobbled it up. Um, everything was kind of minced and and mixed up, and they didn't know what they were eating. And I did the whole, you know, oh, so do you really like it? Do you like the taste? Yeah, we love the taste. Do you want to have it again? Yeah, we'd love to have it again. <laughs> and then I told them that it's a it's a vegetarian dish. There wasn't the meat inside. And and I said to them, I, I thought you guys didn't like, but I thought you guys didn't like vegetables. And they were like, no, we don't like vegetables, but we like this. This is moussaka. And usually we make moussaka with mince. And then right. they really struggled for a while because how could they simultaneously dislike vegetables and like a vegetarian dish <laughs> right it's actually funny that you say that we had an almost exact circumstance talking about ben before we had a flatmate that somehow took exception to ben not liking mushrooms and so once when he made spag bowl uh, spaghetti bolognese i think he like uh, finally chopped or maybe used like a magic bottle yeah. or something to just puree these mushrooms yeah and put them in there and then waited for ben to eat and say the same sort of thing like, do you like it he's like yeah He's like, is it is it good? He's like, yeah, it's good. He's like, aha, well, you see, you don't like mushrooms and there's mushrooms in there. Ben, Ben's response was, well, I don't have a problem with the concept of mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't like the taste. And so if I don't taste them, I don't care. He's, <laughs> he's probably like my kids. They, like, they don't like the texture of mushrooms. Right, right. It's not even the taste. It's the texture. They don't like biting into one. Right. Well, but go. if I mince it into a bolognese, for example, they'll happily eat it. Mm. Yeah, that's Makes funny. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by the BBIT. If you want to improve your own thinking and problem-solving skills, visit blackboutandthinking.com to sign up now. No. All right, so what can we do about this? What can we do? Um... So again, you could just let nature take its toll and succumb to a, a bias of sorts, like a confirmation bias is probably the one that would most often confirmation um, bias. Or what's that um uh what's the term where people would like go into circles of information? There's a, there's a term for it. Particularly in online things. You'll just you'll just try and find you only go to like Facebook groups or something or yeah. forums or to to you know, news news media's usually, you know, leans one direction. You only go to, you know, uh, websites or news uh, feeds that that support that direction right. that you want yeah. to lean in, sort of thing. Yeah. Now I can just think of confirmation bias. So I can't. I don't 
Like I can't echo, think of... uh, echo chamber. Echo chamber. Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah, find yeah, other yeah, people yeah. that just echo the same thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And of course, I'm the gonna... algorithms reinforce all of that, but that's a different issue. No, yeah. I'm going to leave the explanation to you as to how to resolve this. And I'm only going to say that because you are the main instructor for our Black Belt and Thinking course. <laughs> um, and I think, as I said before, the cognitive dissonance seems to me like a logical problem rather, you know, of perceptions. Yeah, yeah, it, it is really. Um, and you have a tool actually, for that. <laughs> so. Well, you were the one who pointed out, oh, well, I think you can use the cloud for it. And I think that makes total sense. Uh, we use the cloud. Um, obviously, can't teach everyone to use it here. But um, um, we use it to resolve a, a conflict, usually in actions. I want to do some action, or I've got I, either I'm conflicted about two actions I want to do, but I can't do both. Or say you and I are conflicted. I want to do some action, but what you want to do directly conflicts with that, and we can't do both. Um, and what we do is we look, basically step back from each action and say, well, what's, you only do an action to get some sort of outcome. What is the outcome you want? What is the outcome I want? Almost always just by doing that, it becomes apparent that there's some third action you can do that either replaces one of them or replaces both of them, ideally, uh, that gets us the, the actual outcomes we want. Um, That's useful. Yeah. So applying that to this it's the same sort of thing if you can catch yourself in the belief um you can look at well what's the underlying assumptions i had like where did i get these beliefs from what's the underlying assumptions building up these beliefs because there must be some something not quite right you're probably not totally wrong with either of them you know um but you've got there's, there's some fact that's gone astray or you know you've interpreted something wrong or you've read a whole pile of statistics that were skewed data or something you know yeah um, so if you can identify that, the, the good thing here is you can, I, I guess you can reconcile the, the conflict in your mind and the core beliefs you have can stay intact um, while, you know, you're, you're seeking out the, the actual truth and, and getting clear on them. And I mean, you, you might be wrong. You might have a belief that when you actually look into the facts of it, you hold this belief and you're totally 100% wrong. You go, oh, well, I'll change, you know, change that belief then. Um, but the majority of them will be if there's, there's something just a little bit off. Um, yeah. And by doing this, you know, you're not you're not having to change your worldview necessarily. Not that I have a problem with uh, having to change your worldview if you turn out you're wrong. It's, it's quite a quite a good trait to have, I think. But my point is, in, in the majority of these cases, I think you're not totally wrong. You're off a little bit, and by doing this, you can understand better. You, you know, being self-aware and understanding why your beliefs exist and and being clearer on them and the facts around them, I think it's a good thing. So this this is a, a way to do that. You look at each each conflicting belief and say, well, how did I get here? Like, what what do I believe is true for each of these? And sort of fact check those a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, this can be really useful with others as well. I was thinking about this before the um, for this podcast when when you had already mentioned the cloud thing. I was thinking. You encounter someone, let's say at work or you know, partner or whatever, but we'll use the business context. Um, you, you you might see somebody else experience cognitive dissonance. They might be from some department, let's say, whatever, operations, marketing, something, some department you're not in, and you're at a management meeting or you're at some meeting with them, and some fact comes up or something gets put forward, and you know, it conflicts with what they believe is important or true or whatever it is. I, I, 
Um, the key point is you might see somebody else experiencing this as well. And if you can step in, especially if it's a sort of a little bit of an us first them, um, and use a method like this to say, all right, well, let's get clear on why we each have hold the belief we have, you're going to end up with a far more productive situation because the, the, the reality is we know that if you don't do something productive about it and the majority of cases, your brain will pick one and reinforce it. And obviously yeah. you don't want to then have to deal with someone like that, or if it's your business or your team, you don't want people in there like that, that are getting for lack of a bit of term, pig headed to defend something as yeah. opposed to working through it. So that are attached uh, to, to something. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And probably so at, at that level attached to being right rather than, doing what's probably the best course of action. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's about, you know, if you, if you got other managers and people in your business you're dealing with, they are smart people and you're a smart person, then you've got a, a distinct conflict in beliefs. It's like, well, probably neither of you are outright right or wrong. Probably the truth is, is under there somewhere and there's something that's gone astray. Again, it might be, you got, you know, some sales data comes through. You're focused on one element of it and they're focused on another element of it. And that's led to conflicting beliefs. But rather than yeah, get defensive and, and go and find things to reinforce what you believe, you might look into it and go, yeah. oh, well, yeah, I didn't really look at that half of it or something. Sounds good. The cloud is really a, a ridiculously useful tool. And um, if, if anyone has sort of literally 10 minutes to learn it, um i would suggest that but we do we have a aside from our black belt in thinking foundations course do we have anything where we teach the cloud peter um oh we certainly got I'll, I'll attach something to this this podcast we've certainly got you know like one pages that are probably more refreshes for people mm. who have learned it it's a bit hard to learn off a piece of paper but it'll give you the structure and everything she's not that hard to learn off a piece of paper cloud it's very Just, very straightforward yeah. Well, yeah. we have a course coming up on the 15th of August, 2022, yes. for those who are listening before that date. So you can and head to blackbeltandthinking.com. If you're listening afterwards, the, the upcoming course will be on there the is, as well. If you're listening afterwards, there will be a course. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to blackbeltandthinking.com, um, there's a big register button. Yeah. Yeah, go and do it. If you've been listening to this, course, this, this podcast... <laughs> And you, you want to do, you know, a bit, bit proactive about this thinking, then yeah, jump jump on there. It's, you know, I don't think we've ever thing. actually actively promoted. I don't think we have, but we should, because it's <laughs> ridiculous now. And the feedback we get is outrageous and fantastic. And I mean, the, the, the base course now is 320 bucks for a five-week course where you learn basically a tool a week and apply it as you go. Um, that helps you logically understand and either solve problems or make decisions um and all of those are the sort of the, the basis of how you resolve most of these cognitive biases or improve your approach to them yeah um so yeah there you go bit of self-promotion finally on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> all right so cool. i expect uh, another you know 200 people on the upcoming course after this yeah see you all there yeah see you all there <laughs> All right, any, any parting shots or is that a good good uh, note to leave on? No, I think that's us, BBIT. Cool. All right.
see you all on the next podcast and um yeah get out look for those look for that cognitive dissonance and um you might be experiencing it right now you might be thinking oh i've been saying for ages i want to improve my approach to logical thinking and uh (laughs) and countering cognitive biases and then oh i don't know about doing that course though (laughs) so there you go you know figure out how to resolve that one (laughs) nice Smooth. I'll see you guys next time.